0: Welcome to Knit British, the podcast that explores all the connections of Britishness in wool, fibre and knitting. On this journey, meeting all of the people involved, from sheep to skein, I am your host, Louise Scully. Knit British and love local wool. Knit British is proud to be sponsored by The Knitting Goddess. Joy dyes luxury yarn in her studio in Harrogate and she is committed to supporting British breeds and fibres. In addition to her incredible yarns, which include the unrivaled Britsock, the Shetland and Wensleydale Four Ply, and the new BFL and Massim range, Joy also sells green printed bags, handcrafted stitch markers, and exclusive yarn clubs. Shop updates happen every Thursday evening and this week it's all about the bags. Click on the logo in the show notes or visit www.thenittinggoddess.co.uk Hello and welcome in to Knit British. I hope you have grabbed a drink. I have. I have got some water. I hope you've grabbed a whip, which I haven't. Although, I feel like I'm surrounded by them at the minute. Uh, (laughs) But that that shouldn't stop you. Just because I'm not crafting doesn't mean you shouldn't be. It's lovely to be back and it's lovely to have you round. And a big welcome if you're joining the Knit British podcast for the first time, if you are joining the Knit British podcast for the first time today, you might want to go back and listen to the last episode, which was episode seventy-one, uh, because I'm gonna ta- be talking a little bit about that today, uh, and and you know, growing from that episode. That episode was called "The Value of What You Do," and it was all about knowing and trying to understand the value of what we can do as knitters and how we shouldn't undervalue that or let others undervalue that even people that we love and it was also a celebration of the knit worthy in our lives and I'm going to be talking a little bit about that again today but I must say a, a massive thank you to those of you who take the time to send a comment to add your voice to the discussion in the Ravelry group, which I'll mention uh, in a minute. Actually, some of those comments, and for spreading that episode around, and that was really that was really nice. And it, uh, it was it was some in some ways timely uh, for something else I'm going to talk about in the podcast today. Uh, Because you may have noticed, you may have read of another attempt to get knitters to knit for... Well, in this case, Big Fat Cat Ad Agency, uh, but uh, under the guise of charity. Again, I'm going to come back to this um, in a little while. I have the podcat with me, who is actually high on nip. Me and the lovely fella were at the supermarket day and we find this catnip scratching post thing, which was hilarious and she's been drugged up on it ever since I think, so she's kind of lying here in a slavery state of <laughs> of awesome so yes, so again, I, I have to say thank you to those of you who, who stopped to give feedback on last week's episode or the last episode and um. For some of you it was a, uh, a timely reminder about knitworthiness given the season that we're in. And for other handcrafters I heard from one handcrafter who sells her own items. Since she got in touch to say a customer had tried to haggle her down in a commission and she'd stuck to her guns after listening to the podcast and got the commission in full for the full amount. So that was really good. Others maybe not quite seeing the full value of their skills to charge for the unrelenting requests uh, at this time of year but those who of you who got in touch to say that were also saying that you'd learned to say no to those requests as well rather than knit things that you don't want to knit because as we know let's say it all together life is too short to knit things that you do not like <laughs> over in the knit british ravelry group for the post on episode 71, The Value of What You Do, there was a lot of you who got in touch to say what the value of what you do means to you and the people around you. Flower 653 said, Love this episode. So many of us, including me, learned to knit from the previous generation. My Nana taught me to knit and her day of birth was 1899. And I know I'm far from being the oldest member of Ravelry as I'm only in my 50s. So valuing ourselves and our skills and craft also incorporates valuing the previous generations and our heritage, wherever that that is from and whatever it comprises. The other side of my family hails from Switzerland, but I know that they were into crafts, especially lace. So to accept being belittled for what we do and the traditions we continue to evolve and re-evolve, it is to let them be belittled also, and no one's doing that to my nana or anyone else's, I suspect. I love that, Julie Flower. You're quite right. You're you're quite right. And then Lindy Hopper had a lovely post that made us all tear up. She said, coincidentally, last week I finally got to give a meaningful knit of my own. You might remember I had two meaningful knits in that last episode about... Sorry, Jeremy's interrupting this beautiful moment to scratch on her post. Uh, we had two meaningful knits about that kind of encapsulated what it is to be knit-worthy. Uh, she said, My maternal grandmother was a prolific knitter, but she died the year before I was born. My mother doesn't knit, but she kept her needles, and when I taught myself to knit in 2008, she gave them to me. Obviously, her mother's knitting was very important memory to her. The one thing my mother always says to me is your grandmother used to knit. Uh she made used to make us fantastic iron sweaters. So for my mother's seventieth I knitted her a modern take on the iron sweater. Kate Davies's uh the shepherd's hoodie. And on our seventieth birthday lunch last weekend I gave it to her. My father wasn't in on the idea but by chance decided to wear the iron sweater my grandmother had knitted for him back in the seventies. <laughs> um to my mother's 70th birthday lunch, and a picture of them together, 50 years of, of British knitting apart. It's lovely, a really lovely picture. I'll, I'll link to this in the show notes. Lindy Hopper goes on to say, my level of skill, speed, patience is nowhere near my grandmother's. This project took me three months to make. I can't imagine having done anything with more complex cabling but hopefully it is a wearable contemporary take on my grandmother's gift. As the final fitting touches, my married name is Shepherd. I live in West Yorkshire and it was knitted with West Yorkshire spinners. West Yorkshire spinners, Jacobs, sorry. Sometimes with a project, everything just comes together perfectly. Well, I'm sure you will agree the amount of value and meaning there is in that project. And there is a fantastic example of being... So, you know, knitting for some somebody who is absolutely, fantastically knit-worthy and with all of that history there and the meaning behind it, that's absolutely incredible, really, really lovely. <laughs> I wanted to share that with you and I will have a drink now to swallow the lump in my throat. Something that I've been asked to touch on today And it's one thing that I didn't talk about last time, kind of specifically didn't talk about it, was charity knitting. Um, I wanted to kind of keep that a little bit separate because what I was trying to get over last week was that you're a skilled craftsperson. And what you know about knitting and the skills and techniques that you have and that you can put into your craft have value and your knowledge is is valuable and I was talking about how you should remember that when it comes to people asking you to knit for them and selling your own goods and things and so I kind of kept, purposely kept charity knitting out of it but I have been asked to sort of touch on it today so I will definitely do that. I think charity knitting is a very distinct category, it's not something that you're generally getting paid for for your skills but it's very much... Uh, In the vast majority of the cases, it's going to be crafting for somebody who is totally knit-worthy. Before I go on to talk about that, let's talk a bit about my feelings about knitting for charity. Um, (laughs) Which I've, I've probably talked about before. Usually at this time of year, charities will be looking for knitters and crafters to use utilize their skills in donating their knitted and crocheted and crafted goods to either sell or donate to people who who need them and that's awesome and that's incredible and I applaud that and I celebrate that and I celebrate the fact that so many of us do this what I have no time for is knitting for quote-unquote charitable awareness. Um, So not making sensible things like knitting blankets or garments for the homeless or twiddle muffs for dementia patients because all of those things are going to be going to someone who desperately needs them. Uh, And and I'm not talking about things either like the 5,000 Poppies project, which I talked about on um, an episode last year when we spoke to Marilyn... Uh, Shetland Woolweek, who talked about the fact that 300,000 poppies were knit and crocheted and were installed in a a memorial to uh, the servicemen and women of the Second World War. Each of those poppies held significance and held a memory. And that's not what I'm talking about either. Um, What I'm talking about, swear alert coming is stupid fucking little hats on bottles. 25 pence from the sale of that bottle of pop, going to age UK. This is a drink from a drinks company that is owned by, in the majority, by Coca-Cola who can do far more as a company for charity than have knitters knit stupid fucking little hats for smoothie balls. I'm also talking about things like a few years ago a charity were asking knitters to knit houses to raise awareness to the government that old people can't afford to heat their homes. That is so cockeyed, it's unbelievable. Asking people to knit houses, not just you know a flat thing, a 3D structure, To go on display in some dusty boardroom somewhere to convince the government to do something about fuel poverty in the elderly. Might I say it's not just the elderly who suffer from fuel poverty. When the government could be doing more and we could be knitting blankets and things that will keep people warm when they can't afford to heat their homes. It's this misplaced idea that knitters will make anything and do anything for charity and that's not true. I used to feature some charity knit items on the blog a long time ago um, and I used to do them quite regularly. I would get an an email about certain things and say "Could could I put this out and actually some of the charities I'm really happy to be involved with. There's like the Big Issue Big Knit which I have been involved with in the past and you know, um, p hot, which I'll talk about a little bit later on, things like that, I'm happy to to, to um, talk about those charities and knitting for charity in th- that kind of context on my blog. But I actually got feedback from some of you guys to say, you know, these general pleas for charity knitting and particularly the, the pleas for knitting for charitable awareness... Which is a stupid mouthful to say, um, and a stupid concept. Um, you you fed back and said you didn't like that. You didn't. That wasn't the kind of thing you wanted to do in the British, and that and that to me that's fine. And I still stand by it. If if it's a charity that I'm involved with, or it's a charity that's close to my heart, then I will totally talk about it on Knit British, and I reserve the right to do that. But uh, in terms of general, you know. Press releases about knitting for charitable awareness or any other kind of thing. I tend to keep that. Well, charitable awareness tends, they just tend to go in the junk pile. But there is a a thread in the Knit British Ravelry group, which I'll bounce up to the top of the thread before this episode goes out, where anyone who sends me anything about, can you mention this charity, I put it in there. I try to keep it chat free because chat tends to dilute the original post about the charity. So we try and keep it chat-free, but anything, any requests for charitable knitting, knitting donations, any kind of knitterly donation to charity that I get, it goes in there. And I encourage you to post in there as well. It is a thread for people who wish to see that kind of information there. I did have to delete one or two comments in the early days, I think, of that thread for people were you know had something to say about the charity or whatever and I you know what don't do that I am the group moderator so if I don't think it's fit to go in there then I'll I'll take it out but it's one of these things it's kind of self-policing um, but um, if you're interested in charitable knitting or crafting for charity then you're going to be reading that thread if you're not interested don't read that thread how about that just keep it like that Sorry, I'm only stressing that because I did have to delete a couple of comments at one point. I know that, that for some of you listening, this bit on, char- on Knitting for Charity is not of interest to you. Um, but I know that for everyone that's not interested, there are good few people who are interested. So I'm just trying to make it clear. So yeah, so I don't tend to put things about charity out on the blog for that reason. But there is that thread and I am actually going to talk about... Some charities I think are worthwhile in this podcast today um, if you would like nudged in that direction. If you don't want to be nudged in that direction, you can fast forward. There's another kind of charitable knitting that sits in easily with me that I don't mention on the blog if I'm asked. I, I don't think I'll even put it in that thread. And that is where you've been asked to knit something that's going to be sold where some of the proceeds are going to charity, but you are not getting any or very little remuneration. I do believe that where there is a business, even if some of the money is going to charity, you should be paid for what you do in some way. As I say, personally, it doesn't sit well with me, so um, I don't put it out in it British. You might have spotted on social media this week, and I mentioned it at the beginning of the episode, There is, there was... Um, a request on social media from an ad agency uh, in London who were seeking knitters. And I'll read a bit from a now archived thread on Ravelry where they posted, uh, obviously archived because the moderators of that group called it bullshit. (laughs) I can only assume Um, this is what they say. Hello, London knitters. I wonder if you could help us. We are looking for nanny knitters to take part in our Christmas charity knitathon. We would like to invite 12 knitters a day to our office in Shoreditch, where they will be, p- be provided with tea, biscuits, and a fresh lunch every day. We are transforming our reception area into a Christmas living room with cosy armchairs, Christmas trees, and crackling fires as part of a live installation. The knitters will be tasked with embroidering slash knitting Christmas messages requested by staff members and the public and of course they can produce their own designs. These messages will ideally be rude slash cheeky slash humorous as we feel this will attract the most interest and is an amusing contrast to the typical Christmas greeting. The messages will cost £20 each and all this money will go to charity. The embroidered message will be on sale at a physical shop within the agency as well as online. We would like to have the knitting space occupied from 10am to 4pm during the weeks of the 5th to the 9th of December and the 12th to the 16th of December and knitters can come and go throughout this time. In short, we want to create not only an interactive Christmas experience for our staff and the general public, but also give the chance to make new friends, get out of the house, and take part in fundraising activity. While we can't pay volunteers for their time, they would be getting a comfy social space, free food, drink and travel and would be contributing towards a charitable cause and that comes with love from Mother London I'll let that sink in just a minute There is so much that is wrong here. So very much. First, there is the patent misunderstanding. That they do not know there is a difference between embroidery and knitting. Also, there is issue with timing. How long will it take you to embroider an entire festive message? Them some speed skills if you can do that in one sitting quite quickly. Then we have the fact that they are charging £20 for the finished object. £20. So that's not your time. But uh uh-oh, never mind that, because you're not getting paid for your time anyway. You're getting the chance to get out of the house and have a nice comfy sit down with a cup of tea and a fresh lunch every day. (sighs) Even if this whole thing was okay, I don't think, and legit and not fucking stereotyping knitters and giving us, you know, oh, giving us nice comfy place to where we can even do our own designs if we want. Come and go as we please. Come and go as you please. Like ten or four, six hour days, all week for two weeks. How many messages do you think you might be able to embroider in that time? even a really wonderful embroiderer, who isn't necessarily a knitter, by the way, Mother London, let's just reiterate that, you you might struggle to, to fill a shop. It's not okay at all, is it? It's just not okay. The charity or charities aren't even named. So all of this time that you're committing to embroidering or knitting words... <laughs> Knitting, quote marks, knitting words. Two weeks, six hours a day. Wouldn't you want to know which charity you're going to be doing that for? And isn't it better to be shouting about that charity? Because maybe if even if you can't make it to London to sit in Shoreditch and knit for six hours a day, two for two weeks, maybe you'd want to just donate something to that charity anyway if it was a worthy cause. And let's think about the stereotypes. All the stereotypes there, the fact that they think we need to get out of the house. They're obviously uh, denoting that we're all ancient, because knitters need a life. If we're if we're not old, we must need a life. We must need to get out of the house. Then the the cheeky rude Christmas message. I don't think that would appeal to me any more than any other well-made Christmas item hand embroidered by a skills craftsperson i'd certainly be paying more than 20 pounds for it that's for damn sure i think what offends me most is the idea that the cliche that we knit so we would be happy to knit for six hours a day for a week or two weeks i mean another swear word for you i apologize fuck off You know, if you even think for a second that this sounds like it might be good, please do not be swayed by this. This company do not care about you as a knitter. They do not understand you. They do not understand one iota of what goes into doing this task. Never mind the kind of people that they're trying to find to, to do it. It's ridiculous. All you're going to be is a bloody spectacle ...at their live installation... ...Mother London and their staff... ...are taking the piss out of you... ...don't be swayed... ...it's it's ridiculous... ...and I... ...you know... ...the knitters have been on, on social media about this... ...and tackled Mother London about this... ...and said... ...oh if I do this knitting for you free all day... ...are you going to give me free marketing and free advertising works both ways guys it's awful it's ridiculous and it's just one of the reasons why i despise i i shudder whenever i get anything in my inbox that's got charity in it and knitting i my hackles are up already thankfully most of the time it's interesting and worthy and knit worthy other times it's like this kind of nonsense As I said, I want to tell you about some charities that have uh, people have asked me to talk about and that I think um, are worth you knowing about if you don't know about them already. First up is Knit for Peace, which I'm sure a lot of you may already know about. Uh, Pat B was in the Knit British Ravelry group talking about Knit for Peace and I want to read what she said uh, to you. I've supported Knit for Peace, which is knit for peace.org.uk for the last three years knit for peace understand knitting Dame Hilary Bloom who leads it is an avid knitter as are several of the staff they will accept any type of knitted good and find a home for it they work with many organisations in this country and overseas to send items to appropriate need they also accept yarn and needles and try to support knitting groups in need too sometimes they put out special appeals and in their newsletters they also mention things that they need less of as well as uh, what they're in desperate need of i tend to knit hats and scarves using a leftover yarn or odd balls of yarn that i've picked up in sales and swaps i wait until i have a few items and then send the parcel off although we are all knitters we are all different and this sort of charity knitting suits me because i can I can send a small donation online at the same time that I send the parcel to help with distribution costs. If anyone wants to see the sort of things, I send there's as a charity section on my project page. That's brilliant, Pat. And thank you so much for uh, mentioning that in the Knit British Group. As I say, their website is www.knitforpeace.org.uk. Um, another one that I have I support and um, have supported in, in Knit British Pursuits and talked about on the podcast quite a few times is P-HOP, Pennies Per Hour of Pleasure. It's an easy way to donate to charity uh, with your knitting. It's more involved with the knitting side of things than the finished object, I guess, although you could give away the finished object too. Basically, there are over 65 patterns on the P-HOP website, and the website is p-hop.co.uk. Uh, you can choose from any of the patterns that you like. If you're a designer, you can even design for P Hop and submit a pattern there. And there's guidelines on how how you do that on the website. Basically, you click, you find the pattern you want to download, and then you click donate and give them what you think equates to the pennies per hour of your pleasure of knitting that item. So it could be a pound or it could be a hundred pounds or somewhere in between. Uh, when we did the big whip rip, then we encouraged people to rip their whips and then donate to P-Hop uh, for all the pennies per hour of pleasure they will have in re-knitting that yarn into something uh, that that it is, was meant for. And we also donated um, from a, the uh, coin collection that we had at fluff on the day um and the money goes to msf medicine sans Frontieres, for their life-saving work and as i say you can just you don't have to buy a pattern you can just donate so that's really easy and then that item that you wear from that pattern you always remember that you know you helped someone with with the knitting of that item it's really really easy i've also been asked particularly if i would give some info on knitting for babies and premature babies, and knitting for stillbirths, the first thing I would say is, please contact your local hospital. See if they have a neonatal unit or any kind of service that you require that they need knitted items for, because you never know what's happening locally on your own doorstep that could, you know, require some help from you. In terms of what you can do with sticks, hooks, and yarn, it's amazing. So, uh, one of the websites that I have here to tell you about is CuddlesUK.wordpress.com. That's UK wide. They're always looking for clothing and blankets, um, but they also have specific needs um, for babies. And so, do check out what they say on their website, CuddlesUK. .wordpress.com for their guidelines. SANS coordinate uh, always loved never forgotten memory boxes for bereaved parents and um, there is always a huge need for these. They contain clothing and other items and they can be a huge comfort um, to bereaved parents. So you can find out about these at uk sandsorg And the other thing that I wanted to mention uh, is bliss.org.uk. They have patterns for preemie babies. They encourage you to contact your local neonatal unit and send them to them directly, but they have um, patterns and advice if you want to be knitting um, items for premature babies. And also there's Project Linus, which is projectlinusuk.org.uk. This is a charity that provides blankets and quilts to babies, children and teens who have suffered trauma and need to feel security. And this is a worldwide, I believe, charity, so you can check out if there's a Project Linus um, charity in your area. Um, But I have seen knitted, crocheted, I've seen quilted items, Um, so that's another one to think about if you have the time and inclination. To knit for charity, Project Linus is very worthy indeed. There are so many people out there who we don't know, and we don't know what they're going through. We don't know how far near the end of the tether the the tether they are. We don't know anything about them, but they are truly and utterly knit worthy. And they will find comfort in the things that you make, even if they don't know who you are. The item that you made with your hands. Will mean something to them. It might even save their life. You know what? You could even raid your own unworn or unloved or slightly past their prime knits. take them to your local homeless shelter, take them to your local refugee centre if they're, you know, here in Edinburgh we have Edinburgh Direct Aid, where I've got two bags of things to go to them shortly you know find out what's happening locally where you are and your you know your your knitted items could be sent halfway around the world uh, to someone in need they could also go right down to the bottom of your street and help someone in need i recently heard about somebody who knits hats and scarves and leaves them in places for people in need to find that's that's an awesome thing too Thank you so much for your contributions on this wider discussion and thank you for those of you who added to the discussion about your experiences of charity knitting and knitting for others and on the wider topic of knitworthiness. Thank you very much for taking part and remember whether you're knitting for others, whether you knit for charity, whether you knit to make a living, what you do with needles and wool is an incredible Incredible thing. I have some news. I have some Blacker Yarns podcast lounge news. There's going to be... A podcast lounge knit along. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing it in a silly sing songy thing. It's almost like we're going on a bear hunt or something. I don't know. We're gonna have a podcal, <laughs> a black yarns podcal. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that. I've gone silly now. It's ridiculous. The heating's come on. Uh- <laughs> The Edinburgh Yarn Festival is, of course, at the top of many of our yarny calendars for 2017. It's certainly at the top of mine. And it's on from March the 10th and the 11th at the Edinburgh Corn Exchange. And what do many of us do when we think about taking a trip to a woolly event apart from getting out the shopping list. We think, what am I going to wear? What will I make? And to aid you in that decision, to ramp up your excitement about Edinburgh Yarn Festival, I am very, very pleased to announce that there is going to be a Blacker Yarns Podcast Lounge knit-along, which is quite exciting. As you know, Blacker Yarns sponsor the Podcast Lounge and I host the Podcast Lounge. And recently I talked to Sonia, brand manager for... Uh, Blacker, and we got together to talk about all things Podcast Lounge. And the idea came about to have a call. And actually, the idea, the suggestion, is thanks to Lacey To My Cagney, Louise Hunt of the Caithness Craft Podcast, who suggested a wee while ago, actually, that wouldn't it be lovely to bring people together in the knitting of an item uh, for... Edinburgh Yarn Festival and it adds another lovely dimension to the podcast lounge meetups. Ooh, what are you wearing? What did you knit? Know? Whose pattern is that? Which yarn is that? So great idea. Podcast Lounge knit along or or crochet along. On the nineteenth of January, which don't be mistaken, it's not far away. The Black of Yarns Podcast will cast on and it's gonna run until the fourth of March just ahead of Edinburgh Yarn Festival, and you can knit or crochet any pattern, absolutely any accessory or garment, but the only rule is that it must be made in blacker yarns. Any yarn at all from blacker. It could be tin, it could be tamar, it could be swan, it could be the classic range, it could be Leoness, it could be West Country Tweed, it could be any of their rare breed yarns or limited edition yarns or any of their blends. It could be Gotland, it could be BFL, it could be Shetland, it could be Hebridean and Mohair, anything. If it's blacker, it's on. Who doesn't have a skein of something blacker in their stash? Many of us have multi skeins and balls of blacker in their stash. And if you don't, well, you know where you can go. Have a wee look at blackeryarns.co.uk and have, start wetting your appetite for the blacker Yarns, podcast. You can go mad with pattern choice. Um, though you might want to look at Blacker Yarns uh, website because they do have loads of free patterns. Some of them designed by the wonderful Sonia Bergalovska herself. Some of these patterns were designed specifically for some of the yarn ranges so you might want to team it up like that. We have almost six weeks from the cast on to EYF. It might be enough time for some of you to knit a garment. It's probably going to be just enough time for me to do an accessory. Um, it's going to be brilliant. Um, we will have a, a Blacker podcast lounge. And it's a long meet-up. And also Blacker are offering a discount on the stall for anyone who rocks up in their Blacker Yarns Podcal finished object as a prize. So that's awesome. It's brilliant, eh? It's great, it's great stuff. Our first official podcast lounge cal... Well, what's that? What's that? You say you can't go to Edinburgh Yarn Festival, you can't come to the podcast lounge. Well, that's okay. You can still take part. <laughs> For those of you with the FOMO who can't make Edinburgh Yarn Festival, you can still take part. There will be a special draw after Edinburgh Yarn Festival the FOMO finished object thread. So that's the FOMO faux thread. Uh, (laughs) we know that so many of you last year this year and last year wanted to come to Edinburgh Yarn Festival you lived knit cariously through the podcasts and uh, the podcasters who were there and through everyone's blogging and instagramming and this is just another way to make you feel like you're part of it so we will all have whether we're going to Edinburgh Yarn Festival or not all participants will have something to remind them of Edinburgh Yarn Festival and you have something to wear on the weekend while you watch the social media pictures rolling in. We here at Knit British we know how a cal is a cohesive thing it's a supportive thing, it's exciting and it's fun and it's a wonderful thing for a group to do and I love the idea of having a cal for the podcast lounge. Of course this year Ayla and I did the Nature Shades Along Brit Yarn and Knit British Um, and we had a meet-up. Uh, But a a larger podcal is a really exciting prospect, so I hope that you're excited about this. Um, There will be a chat thread that will open in the Blacker Yarns Ravelry group uh, ahead of the cal kicking off. Meantime, you can use the hashtag BlackerPodCal on social media. Start thinking about designs, colour choices, and which blacker yarns you are going to use. Must say, for those of you eagle-eared listeners, some of you will be saying, I remember back in June, Louise said she wasn't going to be doing any more cows this year. Well, it's not this year, it's for next year. And I'm just announcing it now. And this is very much... A podcast lounge cal rather than a knit British cal. I am so excited nonetheless. And I think I already have a pattern in mind. The lovely Varya. I hope I'm probably saying that wrong. On um on, <laughs> on Ravelry. Uh, she gifted me Gordon Johnson's Sanus Hap Shawl in the November swap and weekend. And I gifted her Carrie Westerman's. Wedbeck shawl and we kind of said, right, we'll we'll see you at Edinburgh Yarn Festival wearing that so I think I have to knit that maybe in Tamar because I actually haven't knit anything substantial in Tamar I've used it in my hap cowl but I haven't knit a lot with it so I think, I think, I think I'm going to be knitting a Santa's hap in Tamar what will you cast on? We're just announcing it at the moment, there will be more details to come, but get excited, the Blacker Podcal is coming. That is about it for this episode. Let's say hello to some of the new kids in the Ravelry group before we go. So hello to Minxie1964, like your name Minxie, that's Linda from Rochdale. Hello to Emily Lottie, who's Emily from Glasgow. Hello to Just Andy, who's Andrea from Louisiana. Hello to Healthy One, who is Jill from Nairsborough. Hi, Jill, I've been to Nairsborough. Very nice place, Nairsborough. Hello to Amardus, who is Amy from St. Paul, Minnesota. Tanglewood16, who is... Oh, you don't have a name or a place where you come from, but you're very welcome in the Knit British Ravely group. And a big hello to everyone over there in the Knit British Ravelry Group, it's always lovely to have you there with your support and with your comments and with your fantastic community mindedness and spirit um, it's always a nice place in it, British Ravelry Group Right, that's all that's all I've got time for I'm making a beef rendang and it must nearly be ready because the smell is driving me wild I hope you are all well, I hope you are all cheery, I will be back very soon Do have a look at www.knitbritish.net. There are a couple of book giveaways there at the moment that you might not want to miss. Um, Entry and details on the individual blog posts. Take very good care. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Knit British Podcast. To find out more, visit www.knitbritish.net. You can email me, louise, at knitbritish.net. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at knit underscore British, and I'm on Ravelry as Lira. Good night, Take care of that throat. You're a big singing star now, remember? This California dew is just a little heavier than usual
1: tonight. Really? From where I
0: stand,
1: the sun is shining all over the place.